Welcome. You're listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast, the show that cuts through the fog of war and updates you about the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Hello, I'm Marina Yevshan, co-host of the Russian-Ukraine War Report Podcast, and today is October the 2nd, 2023. It's been 3,506 days since Russia's illegal occupation of Crimea on January 27, 2014, and one year and 221 days since Russia expanded its war of aggression against Ukraine. Today's podcast looks at the events that happened yesterday, on and off the battlefield. You can use a Russia-Ukraine war map to help you visualize the areas discussed, and there is a link in the podcast description. The Russia-Ukraine War Report is compiled by our team from around the world. Today's report includes information from our direct contacts and journalists in Ukraine, the Russian Ministry of Defense and the Ukrainian General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine morning reports, operational commands north, south and east of Ukraine, open-source intelligence, our in-house team of analysts and geospatial experts, and pro-Ukrainian and pro-Russian mail bloggers and social media channels with a track record of trying to be accurate. We have one mission – the truth. Because the truth matters. Let's start with the daily assessment. There are no changes since my last update. We maintain that the repeated soft response by Ukraine's allies after Russian aggression on Ukraine's border continues to encourage Moscow to take additional risks, and the probability of a serious border incident is increasing. We maintain our assessment that the dismissal of General of the Army Sergei Surovikin as the commander of the Russian Aerospace Forces, or VKS, has resulted in a shift in Russian tactics, with a sharp and notable increase in strikes on economic and military targets. Ukraine still holds the initiative theater-wide, and the number of combat-ineffective and combat-destroyed Russian units is growing, eroding Russian combat potential in numerous areas of operation. However, we assess the United States is at risk of contributing to the end of the ongoing Ukrainian offensive and risks encouraging China to take further military action against Taiwan due to wavering support from Washington. The Russian Ministry of Defense remains in a chaotic state, and there continues to be a lack of mission cohesion between penal units, mobics, conscripts, elite forces and proxy forces. The inability of Russian military leaders to stop the ongoing Ukrainian offensive and retake the battlefield initiative has put significant pressure on Russian Chief of Staff Valery Gerasimov, who has been in charge of all Russian forces in Ukraine since January 2023. However, we do not believe that Russian forces will withdraw from Tokmak to conserve available combat potential for future offensives or the defense of the rear areas of Zaporizhia and Kherson. Russian Chief of Staff Gerasimov and Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu remain some of the best allies available for the Ukrainian Ministry of Defense due to the acceptance of systemic corruption, political infighting and waste of military resources but the Kremlin is showing an increased capacity to adapt on the battlefield. The perceived slow progress of the Ukrainian summer-fall offensive, questions about the capabilities of Ukrainian military commanders, 
ongoing anti-corruption measures and a wave of isolationism sweeping Western nations risk fragmenting Western support. Western partners are not meeting their promised military training, heavy equipment and ammunition delivery dates. These continued delays negatively impact Ukraine's military capabilities, and two partners are signaling there could be an end or significant reduction in future support. We believe Russia has started destroying Ukraine's energy infrastructure, including hybrid warfare. While the possibility of an intentional nuclear accident caused by Russian occupiers at the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant remains low, the threat should be taken seriously. Today's action report starts in the Donbass, beginning in Luhansk. The General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, or GSAFU, reported a Russian offensive near Makiivka, which was unsuccessful. Further south, in the Kremina Area of Operation, or AO, the Russian Ministry of Defense, or ARMOD, reported that Ukrainian forces conducted offensive operations in the Dubrova area. There continues to be no change in the situation, and the forward-most line of friendly troops, or FLOT, has remained relatively stable since July. In northeast Donetsk, fighting intensified in the Klishchivka AO. Russian and Ukrainian sources reported heavy mutual fighting near Klishchivka, east of Andreevka, and near Kurdumevka. There weren't any significant changes to the line of conflict. In southwestern Donetsk, GSAFU reported that Russian forces continued attacks from the Krasnohorivka plateau, with a failed attempt to advance towards Stepove, and, interestingly, a claimed failed attack in the Vesela area, a small village northeast of Avdiivka. In Marinka, Russia did its Russian thing, ending with the same result – no change in the situation. Near Vogledar at Novomikhailivka, Second verse, same as the first, Russian forces attempted to advance from the east, suffered losses and returned to their defensive positions. At the Zaporizhia-Donetsk administrative border, Russian sources reported that Ukrainian forces were on the offensive near Priyutne, with no change in the situation. Next, there is what we know about the situation in Zaporizhia. South of Urihiv, heavy fighting continued on the western edge of Verbove along the second echelon of the Surovikin line and near Novoprokopivka and Robotene. South of Robotene, Russian forces were able to advance and retake two of the three trenches and defensive positions. The trenches are interconnected with a tunnel network, enabling Russian troops to move into the fortifications. Fighting for control continues, and Ukraine holds the easternmost trench line. The war map was updated to show the tactical Russian advance. It's time to talk about the Black Sea, including the countries of Romania and Bulgaria, occupied Crimea and the Mykolaiv and Odessa regions. Ukraine has retaken control of the central and western Black Sea waters as the number of cargo ships departing and arriving at Ukrainian ports increases. On Sunday, three ships departed, carrying grain and iron ore, and five more arrived at Ukrainian ports in the greater Odessa region. 
During the same period in 2022, when the Black Sea Grain Initiative was in place, an average of five cargo ships arrived at Odessa ports daily. In occupied Crimea, two missiles were launched at the Russian Supply and Logistics Hub at Jankoy. The Russian Ministry of Defense claims that both missiles were shot down, but acknowledges that debris set warehouses on fire. Repair work on the Koch Bridge continues, with satellite images showing that the second section of damaged spans has been removed. The bridge will be closed today and into October the 3rd, likely to install the replacement spans. Now to Kherson. Russian forces continue to shell the right West Bank. Kherson Oblast administrative and military governor Oleksandr Prokudin said Russia carried out 71 fire missions on Free Kherson, firing 392 munitions, rockets, drone-delivered IEDs and bombs, killing one and wounding six. Borislav was hit by Fab 500 SE glide bombs again, causing additional damage to the hospital and businesses along the riverbank. In northern Ukraine, the Sumy Oblast is shelled daily, but there are fewer casualties due to evacuations. Russian carried out 17 fire missions on border Hromadas, firing 86 artillery rounds, mortars and missiles. Druzhba was hit by an S-300 anti-aircraft missile used for a ground attack, wounding one. Twelve mortars also hit the settlement. Now, let's talk about theater-wide events. Russia launched seven Shahid-136 kamikaze drones, with four intercepted. In September, Ukraine was attacked by 513 Shahids, breaking the previous record for 113, set in May 2023. Russian only launched 167 in August, 246 in July, and 197 in June. It is unclear if Russian conserved inventory to launch a wave of larger attacks, or if this represents an increase in production capability. Russia is using multiple routes to attack the same targets, and the new composite materials are making them harder to track using radar. Ukraine has not received offers from the West or NATO to exchange territory for its membership in the alliance, according to Deputy Minister of Foreign Affairs Yevhen Parabainis. Ukraine will not trade its territories in exchange for anything. There was an unusual incident between Ukrainian Unit 0458, part of the Kraken Special Unit, and Ukrainian police at Kharkiv checkpoint. The soldiers with Kraken were traveling in four cars and, when stopped at the checkpoint, drew their weapons and ordered the police onto the ground. We train every day so that you stand here calmly, so that you check that no DRG comes here. You should help us and not look for enemies among us, did you hear? said one of the armed men. A criminal investigation has been opened, and investigators are trying to untangle the events that led up to the brawl. No shots were fired, and the group was allowed to pass. British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak walked back statements made by Minister of Defense Grant Shapps that British troops would provide military training in Ukraine. 
The defense minister said that this is quite possible, but this is something in the long term, not now. And that's what we know. Your support of my home, Ukraine, helps us You've make been history to the and protect the Russia-Ukraine war podcast. To help keep us independent, please consider providing financial support by becoming a patron. Want on-demand news in your hand? Download the Google News app and make Malcontent News one of your favorites to receive breaking news updates. Thank you for listening.